0: Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw. Our topic today is anxiety. It's such a prevalent problem in the world today because of our our own hearts. And I'm blessed to have a, a dear friend, Joe Greer, here with me. Joe works at Answers in Genesis, and I'll let him tell you his title. What's your title, Joe?
1: Uh, inventory control analyst.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you're in charge. Real, real
1: technical.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was I was trying to memorize it and have it, and I, I just not uh, not that uh, good with with technology. Right. So, um, Joe is going to share a little bit about uh, God's work in His life and in His heart, and and I'm I'm always honored when when people are willing to share their testimony because. Um, it, it takes some some boldness to do that. Sometimes people are critical. Sometimes people uh, don't like what we have to say. But this is his story that God has given him. And uh, I think you're going to be blessed by hearing this. And, and my hope here is that you'll understand that anxiety is a problem that the Bible deals with. The Word of God speaks to this. And the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to grow us and change us, and you're again. You're going to hear that from Joe's testimony. So, before we we get to that, let's read the Word of God in Philippians chapter four, starting in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, I want Joe first just to tell us a little bit about... your family your life right now and just kind of do the setting you're you're here in kentucky with me Mm -hmm. we go to grace fellowship church Mm -hmm. you're one of our counselors at grace fellowship and uh you know new to that but uh not not new to the faith and you have a lot to offer and so i'm excited to to counsel with you again but also to you know because we do team counsel i don't know if people know that but i like to counsel in teams of two and so uh, to do counseling with you, we've been able to, to sit in uh, once or twice together, but I want to do that more. And then you and Debbie, your wife, uh, also did some counseling. So that was cool. So tell us a little bit about you right now and just your, your state of, of station in life right now.
1: <laughs> uh, station of life right now um, is, you know, the, the Lord brought us to Kentucky from Wheaton, Illinois. Um, and had we known... All the things we might go through um, when we moved to the area we may have never moved here <laughs> so the Lord has presented us with uh, many um, many blessings tests of our faith if you will um, through a, a son being hit by a car yeah. um, nearly dying from that um, a son who has so graciously offered um, a kidney to a friend <laughs> right. uh, we've adopted little girls um, we have, we've we done so many things that we never thought we would have, have done had not God brought us to a place of preparedness. Um, but, but we moved here knowing we were going to go to grace right away. Mm. We, we actually came and visited before we even moved to Kentucky because we thought we wanted to move down here. We thought the Lord was kind of leading us this way. Yeah. I didn't necessarily have a job at Answers in Genesis. I didn't know if I was going to have a job, but we just decided to take a leap of faith and come okay. anyway. And we sat in a service, I remember, with uh, Pastor Peter. And we're like, and this isn't even the main pastor, and this guy's preaching like this, we're sold. We didn't have to look anywhere else. Yeah, good. So, and when we came here, we didn't come here with the idea that we were just gonna sit back and passively watch. We were gonna jump in with both feet. Right. And at the time, again, it was only our three boys, uh, Debbie, my wife, and myself. Yeah. So, um, we ended up hearing about CDT uh through through the the church uh aber- advertising it and yeah and understanding that it would it was something that might help us to um to talk with others about christ that maybe even help us in our own lives we were struggling i was struggling with anxiety probably at the at the height of my anxiety uh, my wife was struggling with different things too so we were we were very um interested in in seeing what uh, what there was what CDT would offer
0: her uh, family? Yeah. Now CDT stands for Counseling and Discipleship Training. It's an annual event at Grace Fellowship Church that equips and trains the everyday person. So what Joe just said is is right. It's an opportunity for you to grow in your knowledge of the Bible and how it practically relates to your life, which is. Um, so necessary for all of us you know to learn how do I deal with these depression feelings how do I deal with as we'll talk about uh, in a minute how do I deal with parenting stuff and marriage stuff which is is always a big one uh, in in the counseling world um, and so counseling and discipleship trainings for e- anyone it is geared and uh, the workshops are geared towards counseling um, so it's kind of to the counselor but the principles and all that i mean they apply to our own hearts and lives and and i need counseling every day Mm -hmm. from god's word and from you and other friends uh, to help me to think about god rightly to think about my life and my circumstances rightly and so you you guys move down here uh and you're going to cdt you have three boys at the time you've now adopted two little girls who are precious and, um, and like you said, there was the car accident that almost took one of your son's lives. Right. Uh, and then the other son has give, generously given a kidney to a friend, co-worker at, at I mean, you got to be be really pleased with with uh, that son in particular. Well, all of them, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but that yeah. one. I mean, to do that is just that, that's an amazing thing.
1: Yeah, and I'd love to take credit for it, but I, I really <laughs> can't. Um, you know, because I, I, I think back I think back on how how did my boys become such such great men? Mm. Um, but as they were growing up, I was dealing with this anxiety. Where i wasn't much of a father during that time because mm. i was so inward focused yeah i wasn't a, a a good husband i wasn't a good father i wasn't a good son i mean all those things because i was so inward focused so worried about me and what was going to happen to me
0: yeah well i want i want people to hear your story so take us back um to where some of the anxiety some of that those feelings started and mm. and just tell us your story
1: yeah so The feelings of anxiety that I really remember that were were the strongest was I I grew up in Greensburg, Indiana, just an hour, you know, northwest uh, up the the road. Um, My parents were good, godly uh, people who just desired to take their kids to church. So we were in church every Sunday, Hmm. every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, and then they'd have a revival two to three times a year. We'd be at every single revival service. the church, though, I grew up in that denomination in particular, was very much a pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm. It was, you know, I remember one of the sermons was, you know, on your tombstone, it says you were born this day, you died this day. What did you do between the lines? Yeah. It wasn't what did God do for you. It was what did you do between the lines? Mm. You know, and so there was always this mm. pressure to to basically save, your, save yourself, be good enough. And so they would have an altar call, especially at these revivals, there'd be fire and brimstone preached. There would be a pastor claiming up there that he was sinless. Mm. I've been sinless for this many years now. Wow. And I and even as a kid I knew that, that was there was something wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time it was like, How can I why can I not do that? Right. And so boy, I'd be up at that altar every single night. There was never an assurance of salvation. Yeah. There was never grace preached. Hmm. There was never the real Jesus Christ preached. You know, grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone was not preached. Yeah, it was what? What did you do?
0: Yeah, kind of a, a be holy, be perfect. I'm sinless. You can do this too. And so you're hearing that and thinking, you know, it almost is is defeating because you can't be. We realize, you know. Yeah those of us that are aware of our sin as Christians, it's like, I can't be perfect. And, uh, but this guy's saying I can be what's wrong with me. You <laughs> right, know? Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, and so I really struggled with that. I went through many bouts of depression, even as, even as a kid. Mm. And again, they were, they were exegeting scripture horribly. Mm. You know, I mean, I remember the, uh, the, uh, unforgivable sin, um, it, to them, it was um, it was using the Holy Spirit's name in vain. Yeah, you know. And so, what if they tell you don't think about that? What do you think a little kid's going to do? <laughs> right. He's going to think about that. So there were many times I thought it was damned hell. Oh, um, yeah, just just through their lack of biblical literacy.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: and so that's kind of where I, I think you know uh, it was that. And then there, I also had a mom. Mm-hmm who who was very much anxious all the time i had, mm. I had a little brother that was was hurt at a, at a very young age and she she grew mm. very anxious from that and she she kind of just again balled up and she took care of her kids as best she could but it was yeah. she was always anxious about everything um so you and,
0: saw some anxiety modeled before you too yeah, yeah. yeah i
1: saw i saw a lot of that <laughs> to the point where she couldn't drive anymore she couldn't work you know she was just her kids kind of became her whole world so that's mm. the model i saw mm-hmm. um and again it didn't really affect me until i was older as the, the funny, i mean you know i always i think i always had and even debbie will say yeah you've you had that you've got that anxiety underlining you know even though you felt fine there's still that anxiety underneath there right, right. you know so i think it, it was always it was always there yeah um but just, just didn't um, the contents of my heart weren't really revealed until I went through uh, some challenges. Yeah. So the first time I remember really having full-blown anxiety was when we we had been married for six months. We moved to you know we'd moved we'd been in Wheaton, Illinois, for several years and. Uh, I, I had the, I developed this breathing issue, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was just I was running out in the cold, so like cold induced asthma, mm-hmm. and the doctors couldn't figure out why why it seemed to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, so it's more of a psychosomatic. That's why I was having anxiety again. Balled up. I was all about myself, and uh, but once that breathing issue left, the anxiety left. I was back to normal. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, it was seven, eight years later, I was the manager at Tyndale House Publishers uh, of all the warehouses. I had, you know, 100 people under me. <laughs> I mean, I was living the dream. I mean, I was making a, a good wage, and, and I'm sitting in chapel one day and just have a full-blown anxiety attack. Mm. And I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. I, there was no real, real reason I could point to as to why. I mean, everything was going well. My boys were doing great. Mm-hmm. And... Um, And when you have that first attack, the the temptation is to get anxious about the next one. I don't ever want to feel that again mm-hmm. and so you become obsessed with the next one the mm-hmm. next one hits and you come obsessed about the next one
0: so anxiety about the anxiety anxiety
1: about the anxiety. yeah and again I wish I knew why the anxiety you know was there. yeah but again it was I think God was revealing the contents of my heart sure uh, that, that I, I really had would have had no clue about otherwise right and so it, it got to the um, when I did start um, Having that anxiety, it was every day. It was from the moment I woke up till the minute I went to bed. Wow. Again, I was all about myself. I was mm-hmm. so inward focused. Uh, my poor wife was was struggling to raise our three boys, mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing much to help out because, again, I was I was about me.
0: Yeah, and you're you're trying to solve this problem. You're trying to figure out you know what's wrong with me and. I think in counseling a lot of people come in and they they believe something is broken inside of me they don't realize the power of sin that we're all broken because of our sin and how sin is is powerful they think well this thing that happened to me as a kid or uh this event or maybe the parents modeled this or what you know whatever it is something has has been broken inside of me and i and I have to get medical care, medical help. And, um, and so they're seeking to fix that without understanding the power of sin and our thoughts. And that's what I appreciate about Pastor Brad Bigney talking about gospel treason and the idolatry that that we can turn to, we can run to rather than God. Um, and and I know that's a whole other topic in, a, in one sense, but um, we can really run after the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And you're saying at this point, you're just trying to figure out how do I fix this and what do I do?
1: Right. And unfortunately, my church didn't really offer a whole lot of yeah a lot of remedies um the the area the wheaton area um you know and this doesn't i don't mean to uh, mischaracterize everybody yeah but the biggest part of the people believe you go to the church for your spiritual side but the the emotional side um the side that that deals with that anxiety you go to uh you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and they med you up. They medicate you up. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, uh, and then you're just kind of dead inside. So I, I ended up being um, uh, totally addicted to Xanax mm. for 14 plus years, um, and my doctor kept prescribing it. So I thought, well, there's nothing wrong with that, then. right? Yeah. And I mean, I was taking half a pill at a time, but. But you're talking about idols, idols of the heart. Mm. That Xanax pill, that half of a Xanax pill every three hours became the, my idol. Mm. That's what I look forward to. As soon as I took that next one, I was waiting for that next three hours to roll around.
0: Right, right, to take the next half. To take yeah. the next
1: one. And again, church did not have any real solutions. Yeah. So it, it just kind of felt hopeless, like, well, I'm just going to be on these on these pills forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're in Wheaton at this point. Right. <clears throat> you're Tyndale Publishing. You're you're managing a hundred people's a lot of people, right? And that's a lot of inventory. I think you said the Left Behind series had come out and that exploded. Yeah. So you're uh, you're a busy bee. Yeah. I mean, and then you've got three boys at home, Debbie and the three boys, and uh, and then so. Tell us about the move here, if I'm not jumping too far. No, right? no,
1: that's okay. Yeah, um, um, we. Uh, I ended up actually losing my job at Tyndale um, because Ooh. they were going in a different direction. And I think I think a lot of that had to do with the anxiety as well. Because I, I was telling you earlier, yeah. I just didn't know who I could tell about my anxiety because I felt so isolated. Yeah. I felt like I was the only person feeling it. Nobody else would understand. Right. so um, So hmm. I ended up actually losing my job. Ultimately, I think it had a lot to do with that anxiety and things maybe that I would... You know, sin just pervades everything. just yeah. it's like it's like the yeast, right? It just, mm-hmm. it's just everywhere. And so I was making decisions based on fear a lot of times. Yeah, um, and even today I have to be careful to make sure the decisions I'm making are not based on fear. Yeah, to really be prayerful about it and stuff.
0: That's good. Yeah, um, you mentioned yeast. A little bit of yeast and the leavens mm-hmm. the whole lump, right? And that right. the so it's uh, sin in our hearts pervades all, all of our lives if we're not careful and you were you i mean you're a sinner you know i am too newsflash right um but you're you also grew up in a church where you're thinking okay i need to be perfect i need to strive to that you you saw your mom your you modeled that and now you're talking about being feeling isolated because who do i talk to i i'm ashamed of this mm-hmm. and and um that's the thing I love about Grace Fellowship Church is we want people to to not be ashamed, to come forward and say, I need help from the church and to seek help from the church, not the 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 other entities that exist in our world, but come to the church first. A lot of people come to the church second or third or as the last resort. Right. I've tried everything else. Let me try the church. But come to the church and say, I need help. I, w- I want counsel. And let us open the word of God and try to help you to see God differently, see your, your situation differently, mm-hmm. have a different perspective. And so that's your struggle, and, and you feel alone, mm-hmm. ashamed. All that stuff is, is just kind of compounding on you. You lose your job. That's anxiety-provoking.
1: Right, right, definitely. And, and it was really hard on, again, it was really hard <laughs> on my family as well. My wife immediately went back to work after I lost my job. Yeah. Uh, I went to back to school for a little bit because I have a degree in art. And so i wanted to get hmm. more graphic design yeah um and so when that didn't work out and i couldn't find a job uh, in graphic design and again uh i may have had a few offers out there but um anxiety kept me from really wanting to go after them anyway right uh we really uh i, I decided to apply at answers and genesis um for an inventory control analyst position um and So, we actually moved down to the area after we had sold our house Mm. um, with no job. There was no guarantee I was going to get the job. I was still in the interview process. Um, We had an apartment to live in, we had a church to go to, we didn't have any insurance. Mm. Uh, There were just a lot of unknowns there. And so, uh, we moved down uh, in faith. And it was one of just the, the biggest decisions we've ever made mm-hmm. um, because in coming to Grace and learning about uh, counseling and discipleship training, uh, we decided to go that fall. And so one of the first things I remember hearing that really woke me up was that anxiety is a sin. Mm. I had never heard that. Mm. It's always been one of the acceptable sins. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That that the, the churches that I went to, you know, oh you just suck it up and deal with it. You mm-hmm. take a pill, you you know, but this was like it's sin mm-hmm. it's a spiritual issue. It's mm-hmm. a heart issue. And so I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean Debbie and Debbie was hearing uh, <laughs> you know, different things in her life that she was dealing with were a sin and we were both like but well, we, we were introduced to the fact that we are sinners. Yeah. You know I mean I've gone to church all these years I'm 50 years old now we've lived in the area for nine years yeah and all this time we never really been presented with just straight up this is a hard issue you're a sinner yeah you need a savior you know yeah um, it wasn't pull yourself up by your good straps after all
0: right it was Christ died for your sin yeah. the spirit lives in you the word of God helps you to to believe differently and to see your your circumstances differently than you did before.
1: Right, right. And so we we sat through that wonderful um, beginner's track, is that what it's, uh, beginner's mm-hmm. track? Yeah. Um, and just, just were really blown away. And I, I immediately, after that was over, signed up for biblical counseling to deal with my anxiety.
0: Yeah, so you went to the foundation's track, the CDT, Counseling Discipleship Training. You go to that and you hear that you're a sinner. You know, mm-hmm. now a lot of people listening <laughs> are thinking that's not good news. But the good news comes when you recognize that because right. Jesus died for our sins, and that you know, I always try to share the gospel because uh, what what hope we have if we think that anxiety is primarily a medical, biological problem, then really we just go to that. We look for those solutions. If we diagnose it as that kind of problem, then I need that kind of solution. But if we see it as there are desires in me that are that are causing me to feel the emotion of fear and worry and anxiety in a sinful way, there there you can have uh, righteous fear. You can have you know yeah. you you know there are things to to be careful of you know as a protection mechanism. So that's good. Um, but then if we are experiencing it in a sinful way, um, that's when we can learn the. Scriptures like you talked about Philippians 4, 6, is really do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm -hmm. You talked about that to me before this, about how important that verse is to you. And we'll get to that in a minute. I know you're in the middle of the story. But it's exciting to think about just that simple truth. I I think, you know, I I shared this with you. I think we're so quick to say, that guys crazy she's she's insane they're nuts they're you know and we dismiss sinful behavior in our culture as though people are crazy or mentally ill and and certainly there are mental health issues there are you know biological issues and all that but for behavioral choices desire driven choices that people make it really is a sin issue and the quicker we understand that the quicker we get to the solution which is the hope of the gospel is jesus christ forgives us the spirit indwells us and we read god's word and we change and we grow and we're different in how we're you know sometimes our circumstances don't change but how we're viewing those circumstances it's not as anxiety provoking because we're thinking about it differently and um, you, you just got me excited, Joe.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's
0: okay. So, yeah, tell us more. Tell yeah, us no, more.
1: I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you talking about how there can be biological factors to anxiety. And there's, there's actually probably good types of anxiety. Sure, yeah. Uh, and sometimes I get a little... <laughs> uh, I, I get maybe a little dogmatic about anxiety. anxieties there, there, there are certainly times sure. where that's not the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and and I want everybody to understand. Yeah. You know, I don't look on somebody with anxiety and say, huh, I wonder if they're Yeah. You know, I mean <laughs> where I Where is there sin in there? Yeah, 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 we don't do yeah, that. No. no, I mean I mean God's no. allowed me to have compassion, um, and to knowing where I've come from you know, and seeing where God might be able to take them. Yeah. Um, so we, so just to pick up, we went through CDT. I signed up for a biblical counseling, and got mm. this great uh, counselor named Jesus Cantu. Yeah. A lot of people are Grace will know. Yeah. Um, but and he's since moved to Los Angeles, which is too bad. But yeah. it was so encouraging um, to go in there. And the first thing I said when I said when I said when I sat down with him was, hey, Jesus, I know anxiety. For me, as a son.
0: Wow! You
1: know that was just That's, I just started right off with that.
0: If he, if you're a biblical counselor, Jesus is a good one. Yeah. He's got to be doing you know cartwheels and somersaults, <laughs> yeah. going. All right, yeah. we can. We I don't have to convince you that this thing and it's all this medical and the you know. Yeah. Hey, let's deal with your heart and and see what God does with that.
1: Right, right, yeah. And I mean, he had just been through a medical <laughs> procedure a couple of days ago, so he was tired already. <laughs> but I think he sat there and went. Shoot. you know he's just like <laughs> well now that you say he's like now that you say that this is going to make things so much easier yeah because we can just go wow. to god yeah um you know and again he immediately went into um trying to break down that wall of isolation yeah um you know talking about how no temptation has befallen man right. except what's common to man right now i'm not quoting that pervade no that's right. okay yeah uh, but you know and just what a what a relief it was it's like i know that but yeah. when you hear the word of god preached to you it, it's just like it just it just healed some things in mm-hmm. me that that uh but it's hard to explain yeah you know, what a relief that was to me to, to just hear that
0: amen well that's the solution you know mm-hmm. when you diagnose the problem correctly you get the right solution you know right. oftentimes so yeah yeah
1: yeah, and uh and and just through through counseling too I realized too that there was a pride issue there mm. as well. I mean almost every sin falls back to pride, sure. that ultimate sin in the garden, right, which was yeah. pride wanting to be like God. Um, for me, I was worried about something happening to me, to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: that would just embarrass me.
0: Mm. you know, and wow. so I
1: desperately didn't want anybody to know about it or anything anything to happen yeah you know that was a conclusion that again he helped me he helped me see god helped me to see through through well
0: and now you look at victory and redemption you're willing to share your story potential embarrassment maybe to some people but it's not to me or or anybody that that's watching this understands uh, you're being vulnerable sharing your story you're not worried about embarrassment or no, any of that. You, you're not, yeah. you know, or you wouldn't even be here.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I hope to be an, an encouragement to others who are feeling isolated. Yeah. Uh, because so many people come up to me after they hear my story and say, I had no idea you went through that. I'm yeah. a pretty fairly easygoing guy. People that really know me know I'm not that easygoing, <laughs> but I'm a fairly easygoing guy. Yeah. Yeah. And um
0: We'll call Debbie and ask her, <laughs> how exactly. easygoing is She's he? She's like, oh, no. Easy. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but... Um, (laughs) But uh, so you don't know that that next person you're going to talk to, what they're really going through. Right, right. What they're dealing with.
0: Well, and I think that's what's so important about the CDT event, Counseling Discipleship Training, for those that don't know. And I keep saying that, but I want people to, to be clear. Anyone can go to this. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all together to go to church. And I think sometimes we think, well, I'll put on Sunday best. I'll pretend like I have it all together. I'll isolate and hide. And you can isolate in a crowd of 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. You can be isolated because you're hiding. But God knows already. And he wants us to go to other brothers and sisters, ask for help from the body of Christ and from his word that by his spirit he can change you know change us from the inside out yeah. so you got th- this is an important part of the, your testimony you got so inwardly focused you are talking about mm-hmm. so give us an example of what that might have looked like um back in the day of of the anxiety and the and the xanax and all that is like being so inwardly focused
1: yeah when um when i first developed this um this anxiety i i did not even want my wife to go out for Mm. a walmart run i mean the way she kind of relaxed and got away from the boys was for me to be home with the boys and we're doing whatever and she would go out and just shop or she would just Yeah, visit her parents, or I would. I didn't want to let her go anywhere. Mm. I was. She would leave the house. Mm. She became my safe place, if you will. Yeah. So God was not my safe place. She was my safe place, and the burden I placed on her Mm. was just overwhelming.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, she just didn't know what to do half the time. Right. Or how to help me.
0: And yeah, and she'd almost make her kind of feel like being deceptive. Like I'm just going to run over here to to walmart or go here don't panic i'm i'm gonna go and and then maybe have to do other runs and other things i mean it, it creates a burden on her like you say right, i mean right. all kinds of, i can imagine i don't know all that yeah but.
1: yeah and then going to work it would be you know again she'd have to worry about was i gonna flip out that day yeah you right <laughs> right no and and have to come home early or something like that you know because i was so yeah so anxious i mean and there was even a time i stopped driving. Like maybe a three or four month period. Wow. Where, where uh, her parents lived in Wheaton as well at the time, and and one of them would graciously come pick me up and take me into work. Wow. Um, because because again, I was so worried about myself. Yeah. And and was not tr- trusting the Lord for that. Right. And and it's just so funny. I I was just thinking about last night about what we were going to talk about today, and it's just like. I said so much that I trusted the Lord, I trust mm-hmm. the Lord, I yeah. trust God, I tr- but I didn't really trust him and I didn't realize how much I didn't trust him. Right,
0: right. If, if somebody sense. would have asked you, oh, I trust God, I yeah. trust God with my life. Right. and I- And you're a believer. Right. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, you're a believer, but because of your thought life, because of your inward focus, because of the desires in your heart you're beginning to look like uh, a faithless person mm-hmm. rather than a faith-filled person. Right. And, and God, I mean, here you are, you're a bright guy, you're, you're talented, you're good at what you're doing, and God uses your circumstances and all that to change it. To bring you here, mm-hmm. you come to this area. How long ago? Nine years ago. Nine,
1: nine years ago in March. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so this annual event you go to, and you hear, "Oh my goodness, this is sin." You apply for biblical counseling. Jesus Cantu begins to work with you and help you, and then um, tell us about the Xanax. So you're still taking Xanax at at some point in this.
1: Well, uh, as soon as we moved to the area, we got um, a primary physician. Uh, I was low on pills and we went to visit them. I had to visit the doctor to get a, a refill. Right. And it's only looking back on it, it was God's grace that the doctor said, Yeah, we're not doing xanax anymore
0: <laughs> don't you love when doctors time, yeah, say that yeah all yeah, right talking about anxiety say that again i don't think i heard <laughs> yeah, you right. right right
1: so he he <clears throat> literally um and he didn't even really wean me off of him he just straight up mm. just took him out of my life we I mean, won't I, say his name no we won't, we won't. <laughs> but uh he's a, a great he guy he is a great guy i, I appreciate I just appreciate his his courage to do that. He yeah. just kept going with it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um,
0: just keep going, play along, and yeah, yeah. yeah but, Make you happy. Keep a custom, You know, like a, a patient yeah. happy. Yeah. But yeah. he he said we're not doing that anymore.
1: Right. And withdrawal was not a pretty thing. Oh. But it was. Uh,
0: Tell after, us about that. Well, it,
1: it was a lot of sleepless nights. It yeah. was. It was maybe an hour here hour there i could sleep and wow. i i it, th- thankfully god was gracious it didn't take too long it took probably about a week <clears throat> for me to really get to the point where i was like feeling a little a little more normal again and i could sleep but yeah it was I, i'd lay down and i just I, I i couldn't sleep. It wasn't even that i was necessarily spiraling about anything or right. even thinking about anything i just my body literally would wow. not shut down asleep
0: well yeah we don't know the kind of when we take any medication the kind of effects side effects the the changes that go on in our in our body we do have frailties and weakness and 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 really doctors don't understand a lot about the body but uh, here, your body, that's a week that you didn't sleep, but it probably felt like a year. I mean, when you're going yeah. through and you can't sleep, yeah. there's, there's not much worse than that. I think
1: Debbie would say it felt like a year for sure. It's <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. It's a, <laughs> it was really burden on her, on her. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm glad you're bringing that out because your anxiety is producing, you know, real anxiety and fear in her. Like, is he going to flip out today? I need to you know keep my phone ready i need to be you know i need to, and she's thinking through scenarios and what if this happens and mm-hmm. so without understanding it of course you didn't realize the kind of burden you're putting on her um now you do mm-hmm. and looking back at that and there's always forgiveness and grace and mercy and she's a, she's a wonderful lady yeah. um so you guys um you, you know it's it's neat to see you guys now and then you've adopted two little girls right and i mean I, I knew you guys when you first adopted the girls, and and uh, we won't talk a ton about where they came from, but anyone can imagine the. the I think you foster, you were fo- in the they were in the foster care system.
1: Right, right. Originally, um, we were just planning on taking in a couple <laughs> kids at a time, and then. Uh, maybe helping their parents along to where yeah. so they could get to the point where they could just take their children back and everything would be. Yeah, boring, yeah, um, that was our original plan. And the funny thing was, we um, we signed up to do foster care, but every time that there were like maybe ten classes, every as, <laughs> before every single class, we would come up with excuses not to show up. Yeah. Oh, and God would have us there anyway. Yeah. Somehow we'd show up. We'd be like, what, "What are we doing here?" We said we weren't going tonight. I mean, we talked every single yeah. time about not showing up. Right. And God brought us there anyway. It's just like when He wants you to do something, you you just best do it. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's right. Jonah learned that lesson, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and so, uh, so we did get these uh, two uh, beautiful little girls. Uh, they were four and five at the time, mm. and they came um, from a family of actually ten, with mm-hmm. mom and dad. Mom had left the family. Dad was trying, t- trying to um, take care of the kids, but was was doing a was. The kids were were basically starving instead of yeah. him really helping them because he had lost mm. his job, and just many things were compounding, and, sure. and he couldn't take care of eight kids. Um, oh. And so they got put in the foster care system um yeah by the grace of god i think um and we got these we got these little girls uh and where you'd raise boys we'd raise boys and and, and the funny thing was I prayed to God that for three little girls. Oh before we ever had kids and God gave me three boys. Little did I know he would he would still answer prayer later and give us a couple of girls. Yeah. That third one may still be on the way, I don't know. But uh, but Debbie goes, No Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, we might have to edit that out for Debbie. (laughs) We don't want to give her
0: anxiety. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, but within three weeks of us starting to um, starting to foster these little girls, the people in the, um, the court. We went to court wow. uh, with a dad, and um, one of the liaisons uh, for for the state came up to us and said, what would you think about adopting these girls? Wow. And so we, That's big. Yeah, that was a big... <laughs> yeah, we, we had no clue that that was even going to come into the picture. We hadn't right. thought about that at all.
0: When I bring it up, because if you were still in your... Um, anxiety, inward state of taking the Xanax, being anxious—you know—you wouldn't have been in a place where you could even consider adopting, Right. you know, and being used by God in that way. Yeah,
1: yeah, and in no way had my anxiety totally disappeared. Oh, sure. And, and even to this day, yeah, I, I still having, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent cured. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't believe that that's God's will for my life. Yeah. I think he's used it in such a way. It's like, yeah. Um, whenever I do get anxious, though, I, because of of the Lord using Jesus and giving me some training on what to do when I am going through anxiety, going back to the Word of God, praying um, yeah. with thanksgiving, uh, serving instead of being inward right. focused. Uh, that that's really changed so even if i do have anxiety yeah i can still function i can still be outward facing instead of just inward yeah
0: yeah no that's good because the church you grew up in said you get to a place of perfection you don't have anxiety you don't have any of this i think biblically this side of heaven until we die We're going to have all of those emotions, you know, we're still going to get angry. We're going to be depressed at times and anxious, and Mm -hmm. that's realistic, you know? And so it's learning how to, how to deal with it in a way that's outward focused. You have friends, you have a community group, you have people in your life now. Uh, hopefully me and hopefully you counsel me when i need counsel because it goes back and forth we need each other you know and and that's the great thing so i mean if you had been in in wheaton illinois um this adoption probably would have never could have happened you know um and so god gets you to a place where you're you're in a better place to not perfect but in a better place Mm -hmm. to adopt these little girls
1: right right and (laughs) The the rest as far as that goes is history. The uh, the what we adopted them. They're going to both be 13 and 12 here very shortly. Yeah. Um, wow. So they're sprouting like weeds. They're both as, as sharp as as sharp as tacks. They're very very bright. Yeah. Uh, very very enthusiastic. Very much girls. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. so it's it's been a real. That's so fun. I mean, again, something that had we known though, because it, it was also hard too. Oh, so so you know, this was not a pleasure to go for. There was a time where we really uh, wondered if we really wanted to adopt them or not. Um, yeah, just because. But again, it God uses these things. He used the anxiety. He's used that. Sure. He's used my son's accident to um, to kind of again show our hearts. Yeah and to show us where we need to um change shows us our mm-hmm. sin um and we were both realized how just how selfish we were and how happy we were with our little yeah you know, three boys and, and us you yeah, know? yeah 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 um, so so i'm thankful that, that god changed our hearts about that
0: boy you know since i've been here about four and a half five years and getting to know you guys early on just a little bit and watching those girls. In four, four and a half years, the work that you and Debbie have done to help them, um, they have been a blessing to us. Um, one of them, one time with my wife, I love to tell the story, and it's not going to be 100% accurate. We may have to edit this for my <laughs> wife, for Mary. Sure. But we were at, at a park, I, I think it was one of your kids, one of your boys was graduating, and we were at the park, and, and Mary was with your girls playing out, you know, out, we we're all outside and mary had said some, something like oh it's so hot out here today you know and it was and 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 one of the girls said okay i need 10 things that you're grateful for and i'll, I'll count and then mary had to do 10 things yeah. that she was grateful for and your daughter was counting and i thought this is awesome this is great parenting uh-huh. you know And and here my wife is one of the most grateful people thankful people i've ever known but she made a comment that your daughter caught like she's not being thankful right now. I'm gonna help her, mm-hmm. and she was biblically counseling my, my <laughs> wife. Yeah, right. So I mean, like I you know I tell that story, and and hopefully Mary will forgive me. Uh, <laughs> but that's the power of of um, of your testimony, mm-hmm. and the influence that God worked in your heart and life, changed you, changes Debbie, grows you guys. You get to a place where you're like, okay, we're gonna do this adoption it's hard uh, life you know is, is hard anyway and yet he prepares us and he and he squeezes out our hearts from the circumstances that were that were um that that happened in our lives it reveals the content i love how you say that the contents of our heart like what's in my heart i don't even know mm-hmm. and god wants me to be more like jesus christ and he's doing that in you and i'll tell you what you're a blessing you're a gift to our church family, your gift to AIG. I mean, a guy with your experience and your background, uh, that AIG inventory, analyst, management, <laughs> whatever it is that you do, that is a huge job. I mean, you have different uh, venues just at the Ark alone. So all these places you're selling inventory and doing stuff and at Creation Museum. And I know they're expanding and doing different mm-hmm. things. Like that's a, that's a lot to manage and keep up with. And here, you're a gift to them to be able to have the experience and know how to do some of this. Of course, you're figuring some of it out. Sure. I'm sure, you you know, and none of us have arrived. But uh, what, a, what a gift you are. And you're a gift to our counseling ministry. You're a gift to our church. Debbie, too. You know, uh, both you guys. And uh, I, we're really grateful for you guys.
1: Yeah, well, we really appreciate that. Yeah, and again, the men and women of God, in our church have really come around us in our time of need yeah too so we are not alone <clears throat> that's right you know that's right so that's uh, you know whether it be uh, in the time when, when Ben had his accident how many mm. people came and visited us at the hospital how many people took care of our girls yeah. or took care of our boys who were younger at the time um, cleaned our house brought us food? I mean just just so much of that all the way mm. up to um, all the way up to uh when when COVID had hit and everybody was, mm-hmm. I lost my job for six months and how the church was there for us then as well. Yeah, that's
0: right. Um, I forgot that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was here for that. Yeah. You yeah. didn't have a job. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Six months ago, I had no idea whether I was going to have my job wow. back or not, but, but the, the church kept the church was there for us just mm. like uh you know the church in in acts you know? yeah yeah just our supplying needs as we as we had them yeah so we're, we're very thankful and very grateful
0: yeah well uh, it it that that's the thing i love about our counseling ministry of the church it's a lay counseling ministry and um and i i love that i mean i i'm so thankful that this young couple won't well, we'll give details because you mm-hmm. know but um, they were blessed to have an older. If you don't mind me saying it, you said you're fifty, no, no older than them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're younger than me, so that you know I'm not calling you old. But um, you guys were able to pour in your influence, your experience, your love, your knowledge of the Bible. To this couple, you guys are not perfect. You and Debbie are, are not perfect. Yeah. Your kids would probably tell us that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My kids would tell tell you the same thing. <laughs> right. And yet, you're able to do ministry in a meaningful way with your wife, and help this couple to just think about things that they they can't possibly imagine because they're a younger couple wanting to get married. Um, that's what I love about the the counseling ministry at Grace Fellowship Church is is we get to help people. Um, And and it's it's all of us. I can't counsel a church with about 2000 people that that come every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I can't. I just don't have the bandwidth to counsel everybody. I wish I could. Mm -hmm. But I know that that God can and he will by his spirit through willing vessels like you guys in serving in that way.
1: Well, little did I know that the young man (laughs) in that young couple Mm -hmm. uh, had been suffering from anxiety himself. Yeah. So he and I were able. <laughs> we, we continue to talk back and forth, and now that they're they're married and uh, and that all turned out great. But he he continues. We continue to text back and forth about anxiety. What can we do about that? How can we pray about that? What scripture can we use? Different things like that. Right. Uh, to combat that. Yeah. Um, so it's just like uh-huh. you don't you don't go through these things with no purpose. There's no, no purpose. You you go through these things so that you can comfort others, as the scripture says.
0: Yeah. And in that premarital application, when he turned that in, he didn't put that in there. We didn't know. Oh, this will be a good match. Let's do this. Right. God knew. God knew. God matched you guys up. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Right. So it's been it's been a real blessing, and and I think Debbie discovered her love for counseling uh, through this as well. mm mm-hmm. uh, So good. yeah. So we we can't wait to do this again.
0: Well, I I saw it yesterday. I've seen it uh, all last week. The people I get to work with in counseling, they get God's word, they start to see there's hope. Because I think when you're, when you're beaten down, whether it's pornography, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, you get beaten down and you get to a place where you think there's no hope, there's no way out. Especially if you're believing lies that, well, this is a medical, purely medical problem, you know, certainly there are um you know biological factors and stuff like that but when you're starting to think this is all that and i've and i've got to go uh that direction but that's not working for me even the xanax and all that i'm still feeling anxious i don't i don't know how to deal with it the joy that i get to see is i get to help people to say Hey, think differently. Here's what God says about it. Let me help you to really trust God. Right. You know, you say you believe God and you trust God, and I believe that. But let's actually, practically do it. And here's how. And, and over time, and then you know, then you see people who have struggled become counselors. I mean, that's that's the win. Is yeah. you know, and and I still need counseling every day of my wow. life. You know.
1: Me too yeah um and i I wanted to put a, a plug in for the Jerry Bridges book Trust yeah, in God, as yeah. Well. I forgot to mention that yeah but that that book um, al- along with the the scriptures uh, just absolutely changed my life. Jerry just challenges you to live biblically Mm -hmm. and really challenged, again, are you trusting God or aren't you?
0: Yeah. You say
1: you're doing it, but this is what your action is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, I think Brad illustrates that so well with... um, you know, you you have these thoughts about these things. Well, you you go ahead and you do what you know you should do anyway, trusting God for it. Right. And your thoughts and your feelings will eventually follow. Yeah. And I think that's how how Jerry really challenged me um, to to think differently mm-hmm. um, about that. So I'm I'm grateful that I had that resource and our, and our church has so many good resources for anxiety period. I mean, that's just one of, of many, I I think I could point to.
0: Well, and that's going to be our focus at CDT in the advanced track. So if you're brand new to biblical counseling, you take the foundations track. Uh, If you want to take advanced, you can, it's not like you have to do foundations to do advanced. Uh, We just call it advanced because we, we dive into a topic and this year's topic is anxiety, We have Kevin Carson coming and uh, Brad and Peter at our church are going to all be teaching and speaking on this. And then hopefully people will watch this video ahead of time as a primer to kind of get them going that, wow, there is hope for this problem. And it it doesn't have to come outside of our church. There's hope in the church to help us to think differently. And and so that's going to be our CDT uh, focus this year in advance. I can't wait i think we're going to really dive into the the bible and go into more depth about scripture and and how that scripture changes it it really is to me it's about changing my belief system Uh, because there are lies i'm believing even right now as i speak that i that god's word helps me to see. oh i got to tear that down and i got to replace it with biblical truth that's my whole approach in addiction counseling idolatry counseling Everything that I do in marriage counseling, working with kids, it's helping people to know the truth so that they can trust God. You're not going to trust somebody you don't know. Right. You know, Once you get to know someone, you can trust them more and more. Not that they're going to be perfect and never let you down. God's perfect. He never lets us down. But people do. And so as I learned who God is, I learned to trust him more. And it's like that in any relationship. And so I, I'm just really grateful. Thank you for sharing Uh, today i know we didn't even maybe even touch the tip of the iceberg on your testimony but we'll do this again and i'd like to talk about ben's accident and and some of that because it's powerful so you'll you'll be back uh
1: (laughs) it's a privilege to be here and i thank you thank you for having me
0: well thanks yeah thank you well thanks for tuning in take care and god bless